My dear son, Brother Isaias, the intro of today's Mass opened with the very words that God addressed to Abraham. I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and magnify thy name, and thou shalt be blessed. The text of the intro was chosen, I think, principally for the last phrase. Elisque benedictus, which may be rendered either as, and thou shalt be blessed, or as, and thou shalt be benedict. In the freedom that comes to her from the Holy Spirit, the Church takes words addressed by God to our father Abraham, and today makes them words addressed by God to our Father St. Benedict. In some way, the same words are addressed to you, dear Brother Isaias, and to those who have made profession here before you, and to all the generations of monks who down through the ages have gone before you along what St. Benedict calls the hard and rugged paths by which we walk towards God. To each of us, God says, Elisque Benedictus, and thou shalt be blessed. It is a sublime promise and full of joy. To grasp more fully the meaning of the introit, one must look at the verse that comes before it in Genesis. And the Lord said to Abram, Go forth out of thy country and from thy kindred and out of thy father's house and come into the land which I shall show thee. This is a verse that goes directly to the heart of your vocation. And the Lord said to Julian Kwasniewski, Go forth out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and out of thy father's house, and come into the land which I shall show thee. This was the call that you heard is it possible, four years ago? You were 16 years old. You had just stopped building model rockets. You were playing your lute. <clears throat> you were a boy dreaming dreams and daring mad things. And today, four years later, the boy has become a young man. And the young man is called by the name of a prophet. And what a prophet, Isaias. You, dear son, did what few would dare to do. Following, perhaps unwittingly, an ancient Irish tradition you may 
made yourself an exile for the love of Christ. A pilgrim, a stranger in a foreign land. Before being converted to Benedictine stabilitas, the Irish monks were great wanderers for Christ's sake. Esteeming voluntary exile from one's homeland, a witness to the love of Christ akin to martyrdom. <clears throat> Listen to what St. Columbanus says in one of his sermons. Singing on our journey, let us say, let us run after thee towards the odor of thy perfumes. And my soul has clung behind thee, and draw me after thee, that with these songs we may speedily pass through the world, and controlled from above, may scorn the things of the present, and ever thinking of heavenly things, may shun the things of earth. For unless we long unweariedly with heavenly desires, we needs must be entangled in earthly ones. You, Brother Isaias, set out on your monastic journey singing. You are still singing, and by the grace of Christ you will, I pray, sing to the end of your monastic journey, even as that most iconic of Benedictine saints, Bede the Venerable, did. St. Augustine says, Cantare amandis est. Singing belongs to the one who loves. Why do we monks sing so much? Because we are lovers. Because we are lovers. Shakespeare's bare-ruined choirs where late the sweet birds sang are the desolate image of a church deprived of the song of monks. The silence of Four Abbey after its dissolution in 1539 lasted almost 500 years. But wondrously and mysteriously, God sent here new lovers and new singers to pick up where the last verse of the last psalm stopped. And you, dear son, are one of these. But listen again to St. Columbanus. Then, lest we be concerned with human things, let us concern ourselves with things divine, and as pilgrims ever sigh for and desire our homeland, for the end of the road is ever the object of travelers' hopes and desires, and thus, since we are travelers and pilgrims in the world, let us ever ponder on the end of the road, that is, of our life, for the end of the roadway is our home. Today, dear son, is the beginning of the road for you, but the end of the road is already in sight. If it were not, would you have dared to begin the journey? The heart of a monk is, while he is still on the way, already set 
on things no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no human heart conceived, the welcome God has prepared for those who love him. St. Columbanus concludes, many lose their true home because they love rather the road. Let us not love the roadway rather than the homeland, lest we lose our eternal home. For we have such a home that we ought to love it. Therefore, let this principle abide with us, that on the road we so live as travelers, as pilgrims, as guests of the world, entangled by no lusts, longing with no earthly desires, but let us fill our minds with heavenly and spiritual impressions, singing with grace and power, when shall I come and appear before the face of my God? My soul thirsts for the mighty and living God. The verse of the introit, matched to the text from Genesis, gives us St. Benedict's response and yours, Brother Isaias, to the call of God. What is your response? It is this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and let all that is within me bless his holy name. This goes to the heart of what it means to be a Benedictine. It is to be a man who blesses God with all that is within him. Insofar as a monk does this, he becomes a blessing to his brethren and to his family, even if they be far off, and to the whole church. The gospel for this feast echoes the word addressed by God to Abraham. It is the word that Jesus addressed to Peter and to the other apostles. And every man that has forsaken home, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive his reward a hundredfold, and obtain everlasting life. In making your simple profession, dear son, you are forsaking much. You are leaving behind people, and places and things dear to you, and even people and places and things that had you tarried in the world could have become dear to you and held you back. When a novice approaches the altar to sing his Sushipe Me Domine for the first time, he is less conscious of what is behind him than he is of what lies before him. And what is it that lies before you today? The Offertory Antiphon will spell it out for you, Brother Isaias, and for all of us. Desiderium cordiseus tribuisti ei, the desire of his heart thou hast given him, et voluntate labiorum eus, non fraudasti the prayer on his lips, thou hast not denied him. The offertory antiphon 
would have us understand this verse with regard to St. Benedict. But what you are doing here today, dear son, authorizes you to take this same verse as a promise made to you. The desire of your heart he will not disappoint. The prayer on your lips he will not deny. In some way, dear brother Isaias, the Oratio Secreta, prayer over the oblations, on this feast of St. Benedict, will become a prayer over you. For you, in a mysterious way, will rest on the corporal with the bread and wine set apart for the holy sacrifice. What is the prayer that will seal the setting apart of the holy oblations today? It is this. Sushipe, note the verb. Sushipe omnipotens Deus. Take unto thyself, O all-powerful God, this sacrificial <clears throat> gift, which we offer thee on the festival of our holy father, the abbot Benedict, so that even as thou didst grant him thy surpassing love, so also thou wouldst, through his fatherly care, set ablaze in us the fire of divine charity. There is in this prayer, dear son, all that your monastic profession means. In raising your hands aloft, in just a few moments, you will ask the Father to bend low and lift you up, even to himself. Whatsoever and whosoever God takes to himself becomes by that very fact a sacrifice, something or someone utterly made over to God alone. This is, as you know well, the teaching of St. Augustine in the 10th book of the City of God on sacrificium. The prayer alludes to the surpassing love that it pleased God to give St. Benedict. All that God gave to St. Benedict, he gave him as a gratia capitis, St. Thomas would say, a capital grace, a grace destined to overflow onto the progeny that would be his down through the ages. The surpassing love given once to our Father St. Benedict was bestowed in sufficient abundance for all his sons and daughters down to the very last monk on earth. Today, the same surpassing love flows fresh from the same source to enter your heart, Brother Isaias. And this with a force and impetuosity that is unmistakably divine. By bending your neck to the sweet yoke of the holy rule, you are giving Saint Benedict a claim on your life. And what is the effect of such a claim on you? It is a kind of conflagration of love. Yes, says the bride of the canticle, love is a fire, no waters avail to quench, no floods to drown. For love, a man will give up all that he has in the world and think nothing of his loss.
Give up all that you have in the world, dear son, and think nothing of the loss. Elisque benedictus. In this you will be blessed, and all of us with you. Amen. And now, my son, who hast abandoned the world and taken refuge with God, thou art standing before him and his most holy altar in the presence of the brethren who dwell in this monastery. Tell me then, dost thou promise for three years stability, the conversion of thy manners, and obedience here in the presence of God and of his saints? I do promise.